Again, brothers and sisters, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning Poet Radio. I'm your brother, your minister, um, Brother DeAndre Hawthorne, a.k.a. Black Ice. And today's lesson is coping with suffering. Suffering has become a part of the human experience. Sister Key, I think what's happening is because you are um, pinning your comments. I think that's why I can't see anything beyond you, but we'll get it. Let's see. We have Sister Helen Beasley tuning in from Griffith, Indiana. We have Sister Linda Israel tuning in from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We got Sister Crystal Wells tuning in from um, Raleigh, North North Carolina, representing the Israel of God. We have um, Cleon Farrell Hawkins tuning in. Um, let us know where you are tuning in from. It says Harry Belafonte is in the building. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Again, we have Sister Key tuning in from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And let's see who else is in the building. Let's see who else is in the building. And we're going to get started in one moment. Seven, two, five, six, six, seven, zero, five, eight. All right. And we want to thank you all for tuning in. Again, let us know where you are tuning in from. And we're going to get started with our program. Okay, again, brothers and sisters, we want to say thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. Today's lesson, once again, is coping with suffering. Coping with suffering. And suffering has become a part of the human experience. The best way we can do this is with the Word of God, brothers and sisters. And so let's go ahead and get into the Word. And we're going to read off the What We Believe. We're going to read off the what we believe before we go any further so that we can make sure that we acknowledge God. Okay. The Truth Bible Bible class is an online um, social media. We got Oakline in the building. Let us know your name so we can acknowledge you too. The Truth Bible Bible class is an online social media Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the scriptures line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus, the Christ, so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, do not believe it. Here's what we believe, number one. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no issue or dispute with those who would like to use the name Yahshua or any other variation of that particular name. We have no issue with that. We choose to use the name Jesus as our primary name. Number one is because there's power in that name. And then number two, he said, my name shall be great amongst the Gentiles. Okay. These are your, um, what they will call Caucasian or white folks. or those who came from the European continent and settled all across the world. But your Gentiles, which are the seed of Japheth, the name that they recognize the most is the name Jesus. So we use that name. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the world through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all of the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Now, some people say we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. Well, how can that be when the definition of sin, according to the Bible, is the breaking of the law? If there is no more law, there cannot be any more sin because sin is the breaking of the law. So where there is still sin, law still exists. So we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law. So we stray away from 
those things that Leviticus the 11th chapter deemed to be unpermissible to eat brothers and sisters and again many of us were told that we're gentiles so we think that this not does not apply to us but again if you are african-american or black you cannot be a gentile because according to genesis the 10th chapter verses 2 through 5 the gentiles are the descendants of japheth alone so there was that old saying, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. That is in error because there were 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Right. So what if you're part of the other 11 tribes, but not the Judah tribe of Judah? Does that make you a Gentile? No, you're still an Israelite. So, again, we must read and study to show ourselves approved. Number eight. We believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. We don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. And the reason why we don't believe in that, brothers and sisters, is because according to the word of God, he said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Right now, we know that the Romans came and they changed the Lord's um, day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. Right. That's the first day of the week. But we'll teach you a little bit more about that as we go on. So, again, there's two Jesus according to the Bible. Right. There's 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 a Jesus that the word of God speaks of. And then there's another Jesus that the world pumps up and says he was born on December the 25th. He believes in this and he believes in that. And that Jesus, brothers and sisters, is not the Jesus that we follow because we follow the Jesus of the Bible. In a book of, uh, of Corinthians, it says there would be another Jesus that people will follow, another doctrine that people would follow. And so the doctrine that we teach comes straight from this book, the word of God. We don't believe in crosses or images that uh, or, or holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, because God said, worship me in spirit and in truth. So we don't need symbols or images or anything. That's how we got in trouble in the wilderness, because we started creating images. When you study the origin of the cross, you will go all the way back to 321 AD when Constantine, the Roman emperor, used that image, which was originally a Roman death symbol. So if we want to use death symbols, what if Jesus was killed in an electric chair? Will we have the electric chair as the symbol of our faith? What if he was um, came during the time of the hypodermic needle because today they're killing people by lethal injection. Would the needle be the symbol of our religion? And so God didn't want us to use images or symbols or anything of that sort. And again, we have what was passed down to us by our parents who did the best that they could, who knew what they knew. And so we don't judge them, but we have to get it right in our generation today, brothers and sisters. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality. Revelation 79 says that I saw a number that no man could count of all peoples and all tongues and all nations. And they stood before the lamb and they worshiped, they followed him, okay? So at this time, brothers, I ask that if you have a hat, a hair covering to remove it, and sisters, if you don't have a head covering, we ask that you place that head covering over your head so that we can be in compliance with the book of 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the word of God as it is written. We're going to go ahead and bring our YouTube family on. And we're going to bring our YouTube family on in five seconds. Okay, three, two. Thank you, YouTube, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Out here on the four-time national award-winning POT Radio. We ask that you go ahead and hit that subscribe button there. Our lesson tonight is coping with suffering. 
Suffering has become of the part of the human experience. But the therapy that we're going to give you today is the word of God. Now, this lesson tonight is put together to deal with human suffering, behavior, and emotional development. Now, every living thing has a job to do. Yes, it's something as small as the ant, the termite, the roach. Every living thing has a job to do. That job is to reach its fullest potential. So when man was created, God knew that we were in our developing stage. And he said, listen to me, allow me to teach you. You can feed off of every tree that is in the midst of the garden, even the tree of life, which is none other than Jesus. But that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is none other than Satan, the devil, don't talk to him. Don't communicate with him. Why don't you want me to communicate with him? Because he's the knowledge of good and evil. And that's why the Lord asked Adam, who told you? you were naked. Adam received some information. And the first lie that was recorded in the Bible was recorded in Genesis, the third chapter, when Satan told Eve, you shall not surely die. You got to watch the information that you're getting. So our job is to reach our fullest potential. Every living thing has the job to reach its fullest potential. A butterfly, a, a, a caterpillar, at some point must transform and be reborn into a butterfly. It has now reached its fullest potential. So what job do we have to do as human beings? What is the purpose of our existence in human beings? Now, everyone has two things in common. Time and energy, we all are given those two things. We all have 60 seconds in one minute, 60 minutes in one hour. 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 30 days in a month, and 360 days in a year. So what are you doing with your 60 seconds? What are you doing with your 60 minutes? What are you doing with your 24 hours? What are you doing with your seven days a week? What are you doing with your 30 days a month? And what are you doing with your 12 months out of the year? That's the question, brothers and sisters. Now, check this out. If everybody sleeps eight hours a day, which it's recommended that we sleep eight hours a day, I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't get that. But if everybody sleeps eight hours a day, then a third of your life is already gone because we only get 24 hours in a day, right? So if eight hours of your day is being taken by sleep, a third of your life is already gone. Now, if you add the amount of time that we bathe, if you add the amount of time that we shower, if you add the amount of time that we eat, get dressed, do our hair, <laughs> get ourselves together, and the time that we spend in traffic, you could probably now cut your day into half of a day. Because I know in the morning, I at least spend two hours an hour getting ready for work and an hour in traffic to get to work, right? And then I spend an hour in traffic coming back home, but I spend eight hours at my job. So you got eight hours of sleep. You got eight hours at work. That's 16 hours. You're only getting 24 hours in a day. And you spend another three hours just in traffic and getting yourself ready to go to work. So the point that I'm making is, brothers and sisters, we don't have a lot of time to waste. So we have to look at this thing from a different perspective. And this is the beginning stages on how we cope with suffering. Because even when we lose a loved one, we ain't got time to even grieve today. 
Yes, weeping may endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let's go ahead and go to, to the book of Job, the 14th chapter. Let's analyze this, verses 1 and 2. Job, the 14th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Job, the 14th chapter. Verses 1 and 2, and it reads, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Now, trouble and suffering are akin to one another. So we only are here for a few days. And those few days that we are here are full of suffering. It's, it's full of trouble. Job 14 and 2. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. So we pass away. So it seemed like as soon as we're born, 50 years go by if we're blessed to even live to see 50 years. 60 years go by if we're blessed to see 60 years. But in God's time, that's not even one day. Because remember, what God said is one day to him. Let's go to Psalms 90. And we're going to read 10 through 12. Psalms 90. And we're going to read verses 10. Through 12, turn your Bibles to Psalms 90. And the reason why we teach like this, brothers and sisters, is because there is power in the word of God. Yeah, I have enough experience in speaking where I can speak to you for an hour. And tell you about what my life has been like and what struggles I have had and how God blessed me to overcome those struggles. I can talk like that. But it's different when I'm reading scripture and giving you the word of God. You walk away from here, not saying, Brother Black Ice said. You walk away from here saying, Brother Black Ice read to me what the Lord said. So we're going to go to Psalms 90. And we're going to read verses 10 through 12. Psalms 90, verses 10 through 12. And it reads, the days of our years are three score years and 10. So a score is 20. So three score is 60 and 10, that's 70. I'm going to read it again. The days of our years are three score years and 10, that's 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they be four score years or 80 years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Brothers and sisters, this is beautiful, beautiful poetry. Remember what God puts in us is what makes us alive. So when he breathed that breath and put it into Adam and Adam became a living soul, it is the breath that makes you alive. And that breath comes from God. The Bible even calls it ghost. So when it says Jesus gave up the ghost, it merely means that he exhaled and released that breath. And that breath blew away and went back to the source in which it came from. And that body went back into the source where it came from, which was the ground, brothers and sisters. So the combining of the two, breath and body, makes life. The disconnecting of the two, breath and life, means death. And so we see here that it says in verse 11, who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And this is what King Solomon prayed for, brothers and sisters, wisdom, because we want to make the best decisions. We want to make the right decisions. We want to know what it takes to get closer to God so that we can work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We allow so many things to distract us from our goal, from reaching our fullest potential, brothers and sisters. This is why whatever we do, it's supposed to 
move us closer and closer to our goal. But when we get these distractions, it takes us longer to get from point A to B because now you didn't fell in love with somebody. And that person that you fell in love with may not be a follower of Jesus. So you got to work harder to follow Jesus because now not only you have to follow Jesus, you try got to try to convince the person that you love to follow Jesus. So as you're walking towards the goal, those who are close to you are pulling you to the left side and to the right side. And what was supposed to take you a month to do now has taken you a year to do because we have all these distractions. It's not only relationships, it's jobs. It's children. It's temptation. It's life. All those things serve as distractions. So what do we have to do? We have to get back focused and don't allow those distractions because they are going to come and try to tempt you to distract you. But we have to overcome those things. And let's see how. Let's go to Luke, the 10th chapter, 38 through 42. Luke, the 10th chapter, 38 through 42. And it reads. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had her sisters called Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she helped me. So Jesus, I'm doing all this work in the kitchen. I'm preparing the meal. And my sister Mary has left me to come to sit before your feet to listen to what you have to say. 41, Luke 10, 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. This doesn't concern you. All you need to be doing is worried about what your assignment is. 42, Jesus said, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And so again, brothers and sisters, sometimes we have to sacrifice certain things to get to Jesus. And today, the only way you can get to Jesus is get to that word. And so when that Sabbath day rolls around and we have an opportunity to go to Bible class and have the opportunity to go to church. But the football game finna come on. I ain't feeling good today. I'm feeling tired today. Yeah, but you feel tired every day that you got to get up and go to that job. And you got to punch in before the that clock strikes that seven o'clock in the morning hour because your schedule is from seven to three or eight to four or nine to five. Not only are you at that job, you are at that job on time. Tired and everything. The only time we get tired enough where we say, well, you know what? I'm not going to do this today is when it comes to the Lord. And I know brothers and sisters I'm telling you, I, I, I feel like that a lot of days, but then I get in my mind that if I can do this for my job, if I can do this for other people, then I'm going to do this for the Lord, too. And I'm going to tell you, when I'm sick and I, and I don't feel good, I'll still go. And sometimes I sit in my car in the parking lot just to be there, just to fulfill my commitment. You know, I don't want to sneeze on nobody. I don't want to, you know, make nobody catch my cold or anything like that. But I want to get up out the house and get in the car and go. And I'll watch the YouTube lesson in the parking lot at the class. Just so that I can be there amongst our people and have that holy convocation that the Lord commanded us to have in the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Let's go to the book of Philippines, the fourth chapter. Mary and Martha were two different beings, both with two different purposes, brothers and sisters. They had two different reasons for doing the things that they did. Now, when you look at plants and when you look at 
vegetation. Every plant has an assignment to grow to its fullest potential. That's why when you plant that seed in the ground, you water it, you nurture it, you take care of it. It is growing in darkness. It is growing under the dirt. You know how you feel so bad sometimes that it seems like you just so low that you're under the dirt. That is your growing stage. And those are growing pains. But once you break through that dirt and hit that sunlight, brothers and sisters, then you begin to overcome the things that have been piled on top of you like that dirt is piled on top of that seed. But now check this out. Everyone has a different assignment. Everyone can teach. Everyone can't um, do other things, but look at the plants. An orange tree is different from an apple tree. We don't expect orange trees to produce apples or apple trees to produce, produce pears. Everyone has an assignment to do. And I'm going back to Mary and Martha. And I'm going back to you and I. And I'm going back to you and those members of your household. Stop trying to put everybody on the same page that you are on. Maybe you got it a little bit quicker. Maybe somebody else in your household ain't going to get it as quick as you got it. And what did you go through to get where you are? Some of us went through drug addiction. Some of us went through alcoholism. And how many times did people come to you when you were suffering from your addictions telling you you need to come to God? You need to go to God. We forgot about that time. And how long it took us to get into this word of God and apply ourselves. And now we want to go to our family members and our friends and our co-workers. And we want to put the burden on them to get this thing right away. No, you need to get what I'm saying right now. Well, did you get it right now when you were going through your suffering and your addictions and your distractions? No, it took you some time. So your job is to plant the seed. It may be somebody else's job to water the seed. It may be somebody else's job to grow the plant. So God gives us all a portion of what we need in order to bring people to him. Philippians, the fourth chapter, six through seven. Philippians, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses six through seven, Philippians four. And we're going to read verses six through seven. And it reads, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we worried about things that we have no business worrying over. We worried about our family members. We worried about our friends. Why can't they get this word? Why can't they see what I'm trying to show them? Well, it says right here, don't worry about those things. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, your job is to pray for them. Okay? Go to God and say, hey, God, I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I love my wife. I love my husband. I love my coworkers. Lord, show them this thing. They can't see it through me. So send them someone or in some type of way, I believe in you, Lord, and I got faith in you. Reveal this thing unto them that can help, help them get closer to you. And we got to deal with that because again, suffering is a part of the human life. No matter how much you try to protect your children, no matter how much you try to cover them, they're gonna go through some things and you better be preparing them right now that when they go through the things that they will go through, that they know how to lean on God, that they know how to lean on his word because suicide amongst especially our youth is rising. When you feel like you have no one that you can go and talk to and turn to, that's exactly what Satan wants. 
He wants you to let your guards down, to think that this is it. There's nothing better that could happen to me other than this suffering that I'm going through right now. And when Satan can get you by yourself and get you alone, you don't know how to call on the name Jesus. You don't know how to uh, um, go to the truth, go to Truth Hour TV and listen to some of these lessons and open up that Bible and follow those lessons with the lesson that's being taught. And that's important. And that's why I stress to all of you that are on here, don't just listen to Brother Black Eyes teach and share the word of God with you. You got to have that Bible with you and open up that Bible and read with me, brothers and sisters, because that's where your your um, armor of God is going to come from. And you're going to need that. So now is the time to start pre preparing now. Knowing that everyone is given an assignment, right? The only thing, again, we have in common is energy. The ability to do what you can do with the energy that you have. Now, some people say, well, uh, I'm not doing all that. Y'all doing too much. You ever heard that saying before? I got the same energy that you have. I can pick up the phone just like you can pick up the phone. I can send a text just like you can send a text. I got a mouth and I can ask for things the same way you can ask for things. So why are some people achieving things that you are not achieving? Is it your commitment? Is it your consistency? Is it your or lack of feeling embarrassed? Or feeling like, oh, you worried about what people are going to think. So you do not. You ask not. Therefore, you have not, brothers and sisters. You got to stay focused. It's easy to be distracted. Sometimes by the person that you look at in the mirror. Sometimes that's your biggest distraction. Oh, brothers and sisters, you would be surprised as to how many people got low self-esteem issues in some areas, insecurities in other areas. But this word of God removes all of those things. And the reason why, why it's there, because we don't want to read. We want to memorize scriptures. Go off of catchphrases that were passed down to us from generations that came before us. But we don't want to open up the word and read it ourselves or get into a good Bible based ministry. And read along with the person that's teaching. So. We're talking about human suffering, how to cope with human suffering, brothers and sisters. Now. We say don't condemn. Don't judge, don't sneak this, don't hate. Even if you get to the point where a person you feel like deserves it, right? God says no one should gloat in nobody else's downfall. And when you're walking this path, you'll be surprised how many people got to cross that bridge. Right. You walked over me to get to where you are. And now you got to walk back by me because you've now you, you're falling down. And uh, many of us say, I, I, I told you so. Didn't I tell you? I told. Let's go ahead and read what the Bible says in James 4, 7 to 12. James 4. 7 through 12, we're talking about coping with suffering, brothers and sisters. James 4, 7 through 12. A lot of us wonder why we are going through something. Maybe some of us are going through something because you looked on somebody else's suffering and you gloated a little bit and you smiled a little bit because they didn't did something to you, hurt your feelings, did you wrong, and now they going through hell and you smiling at them, you laughing at them, talking about them. The Lord don't respect that, brothers and sisters. Therefore, he will increase our suffering to show us that it ain't fun for anybody to suffer, even your enemy. 
James 4, 7 through 12, and it reads, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Why would the Lord want us to experience those things, go through suffering? Because he wants us to humble ourselves. And that's what the next verse says. James 4 and 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speak of evil of his brother and judge his brother, speak evil of the law and judge the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver, so you ain't no judge. There was one lawgiver, one who was able to save and destroy. So, you know, people, you say, well, look, I ain't got a heaven or a hell to put you in. And that was an error. What we should have been saying is we don't have a lake of fire or a kingdom of God to put you in. If y'all want to know a little bit more about that saying, why that's more proper than the other saying, we could talk about that at another time. But verse 12 says, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy, who art thou that judges another. Who are you to judge somebody? You ain't Jesus. You ain't got no lake of fire or no kingdom of God to put nobody in. So again, this is why we teach this lesson. This is why we go through this, brothers and sisters. Let's talk about briefly, and I'm going to go through this, about compulsive versus impulsive behavior. Now, compulsive and impulsive being two terms that describe two forms of behaviors. There is some difference between them. Being compulsive is when an individual has an irresistible urge to do something. Being impulsive is when an individual acts on his instinct, right? Two different things. You got a resistible urge to do something, you're compulsive. If you act off of your instinct, you're impulsive. The key difference between these two forms of behavior is that while being compulsive includes thinking about the act of performing, in impulsive behavior, the individual simply acts without thought. Both concepts are dealt with in abnormal psychology in the context of psychological disorders. How many of us have these psychological disorders, brothers and sisters? Now, some of us are too sensitive. Some of us are too emotional. This is normal due to old wounds. When you've been through something, you have something that you experience called triggers. So when someone says something to you, you say, who you, who you think you are? I, I, you it's like, wait, hold, wait a minute. Where all that come from? It's not you, brothers and sisters. It's a wound that has not been healed. So when the person hears certain words or sees certain things, those triggers pop up. And they get defensive, they get emotional, they get snappy. You got to understand, brothers and sisters, that these are broken people that we're dealing with. People that are not healed yet. And on the other hand, some of us want to cry victim. In situations where we have volunteered to be in and stay in. Now, you may be a victim in the beginning. But when you stay where you are, you are no longer a victim. You are a volunteer. That's why everybody that was once in your life is not meant to remain in your life. No, brothers and sisters, maybe I do a poem for y'all at the end of this lesson called The Elevator. Y'all let me know if y'all want Brother Black Eyes. I, I rarely do poetry, if any, during the 11 years that I've been live on Poet Radio, but I just might do the elevator uh, tonight. But let's go to um, the book of James, the first chapter. The book of James, the first chapter. Here's the deal. How long are we going to stay 
in this suffering condition when we have the opportunity to get out of it, when we have the opportunity to change our own reality. Let's go to James 1, 2 through 8. James 1 and verses 2 through 8, and it reads, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why would I be happy about going through something? Why would I be happy about suffering, Lord? You got to talk to me. Can you answer that question for me? James 1 and 2. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give up to all men liberally. In a braid of night, and it shall be given to you. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, brothers and sisters, we keep saying that we've been praying to God and we keep saying that we've been asking God to help us. But what is your level of faith? Do you really think that he's going to feel your request? That is the question. Maybe that's why God ain't moved because of your lack of faith. God knows, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. We can't stress enough that the best therapy that you can get to deal with human suffering is this word of God, brothers and sisters. Now, I'm not telling you don't go see a therapist. I think going to see therapists, I know going to see a therapist is a good thing because in addition to your spiritual therapy, you do need those things and some of us need chemical support because some of us have a mental chemical imbalance in our system. And that's the thing about a lot of black people. We don't want to go to a therapist. We don't want to go and talk to nobody. But most of the time we need both brothers and sisters. Now, this whole thing is about renewing your mind, changing the way you think. Because during that suffering process, Satan attacks our mind. His job is to depress us. His job is to make us suicidal. And so the only way you can get out of that spirit of depression, the only way that you can get out of that spirit of suicide is to renew your mind. And how do we renew our minds? Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Verse 2, Romans 12 and 2. Now, I can share many of these, these things with you, but reading it to you, it sometimes it's better to let the Bible speak. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transform means to change. What are we doing or not doing that makes us have a need for change? Insanity is doing the same things and expecting different results. So if you keep doing what you have been doing, your results are going to be the same. But now if you change, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, you first have to start with a mindset change. Stop thinking that the glass is half full and start thinking that the glass is, I mean, start, stop thinking that the glass is half empty and start thinking that the glass is half full. Look at a broader scope of this whole thing that you're going through. Maybe, just maybe, God is putting his Job on me. You know how Job went through what he went through and he suffered? 
and God allowed him to suffer. But Job kept his faith and because Job kept his faith, God blessed them with double than what he had. So, yeah, you didn't experience losses in your life. People didn't stole from you. Your car ain't working right. Your bills are piling up on you and you just don't know what to do and you just don't know where to turn. Well, that may be the case, but you got to keep your faith. And request to God to deliver you from your suffering. And as the book says, wavering nothing, brothers and sisters. Wavering nothing. And then begin to see how your situation is going to change if you have faith. But I've seen people stay in the same condition for two and three years when they could have been out of that situation probably in six months. But they kept doing the same thing. They tried everything but God. And I say to him, why don't you come to Bible class with me? Why don't you just come and just sit down and just listen? Oh, man, I, I'm good. Every excuse in the world. I'm good. I'm, you know, I, I, can, uh, I, I can listen to some YouTube videos and I, 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 and I can all kind of excuses. Right. And I didn't want them to go just to make me happy or do anything. I figured that maybe that was one thing that pastor might say that can spark something inside of them. That can cause the wheels of their mind to begin to rolling and to think a little bit different. To understand that human suffering is a part of the human experience. And is meant to be there to test you, to put you through trials, to, 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 to see if you really love God like you say you do. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter, 22 through 25. Romans 8, 22 through 25. And it says, for we know that the whole creation groans and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown with ourselves, within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So the adoption, brothers and sisters, is when we come to Jesus and Jesus accepts us into his body, the body of Christ. Oh, we don't suffer like people who don't have faith. We don't deal with things like people who don't have faith because we know that there's a greater reward waiting for us at the end of the suffering, brothers and sisters. And so when that time of resurrection comes and all that suffering has paid off and the tests that we've passed and the trials that we have gotten through have paid off. We know that this flesh and blood body is temporary. We can't take no money with us. We can't take no possessions with us. Those things are good when you use them for your human experience. But remember, every life form has to grow to its fullest potential. What's our fullest potential? In this human flesh and blood body, we can only be so much and gain so much. But there's a life after this life in the resurrection. When we become, as the Bible says, joint heirs with Christ. Well, wait a minute. What does that actually mean? What does Christ have that I can become a joint heir with? In the book of John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then Jesus asked his father, give me back the glory that I had with you in the beginning. So when Jesus was resurrected, he was reinstalled and reinstated to his Godship that he had in the beginning when he was the word. So if we become joint heirs with Christ, then what do we become? No longer flesh and blood human beings. We become God children of the most high God. See, Jesus knew that when he said, is it not written 
that I said, you are all God's children of the most high God. He was speaking to our fullest potential. But we got to go through the suffering in order to get there, brothers and sisters. Verse 24 says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. That's why we don't do crosses. That's why we don't do images. Because the Lord wanted us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he said, if you can see it, it ain't hope. Hope is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you can't see God. But the evidence of his existence is all around us. It says, for what man seeth, why do he yet hope for? So if you already know that it's there, then you ain't got to hope for it. The hope is for something that you don't see. So the promise with us is everlasting life in the kingdom of God, which will be here on earth. And that's why Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, I, um, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So that kingdom that is currently up there, as it also says in Revelation, the 21st chapter, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So if the kingdom was coming down from God out of heaven, where was it coming to? To be established on this earth. And that's why we say, I have no lake of fire or kingdom of God to put you into. Because the kingdom is coming. Thy kingdom come, right? Now, for the sake of time, Sister Key Israel, we're going to go down to making up your new mind. Making up your new mind. When you've done everything that you know how to do. When you tried everything that you know how to try. That you thought would work. And you still feel empty inside, brothers and sisters. It's time to give total submission to God. And See, I want to make sure that you understand what these things mean. Giving total submission to God means to give total submission to the word of God. Because in the ap physical absence of Jesus, it is the absence of the words that are written in the book. This is the blood of the lamb. This is the representative of Jesus here on earth. And when we speak the words from this book, we become representatives of our Lord and Savior. So again, let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. We got to make up our minds, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, and it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen to you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place where I cause you to be carried away from. Literally, this also applies to the sons and daughters of the transatlantic slave trade, those who are called African-American, but who are actually Israelites, brothers and sisters. So in addition to your personal suffering, we've suffered as a people during the years of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. And even to this day, we have and are oppressed, brothers and sisters. But the Lord said, I'm gonna turn away your captivity and will gather you from the nations and from all the places where I have driven you. How did the Lord drive us 
into all the places and all the nations by the transatlantic slave trade. See, we ended up here by force. All the other nations that came over here, they came willingly. And so, brothers and sisters, these things that we read give you identifying markers of who you are and whose you are. Let's deal with the solution. The solution is the God in you, brothers and sisters. Now, the source of pleasure and pain resides in all of us. You can't change your past. But you can determine what your future is going to be. Who is greater? Your past hurt or God? Your happiness is entirely up to you. Do you know that you can be happy even in the midst of your suffering and your trials? It all depends on your faith, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Philippians four and eight the book of philippians four and eight and we were there earlier but we didn't get to eight we read four through seven philippians four and we're going to read one verse philippians four and eight and it reads finally brethren Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any pr praise, think on these things. So as much complaining as we do about the things that are going on in our lives or have gone on in our lives. It's because your mind is stuck there. You're not thinking about the things that are just because it says right here, think on these things. So God has given us the prescription that we need to change our reality. It starts in your thoughts. And that's why Satan, brothers and sisters, attacks our minds. And that's why we say establish the kingdom of God inside of you. Establish the king dome, right? His thinking, the king's dome, his mind. Establish the king on your dome so that he can be inside of you. We war not against flesh, flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. And if you take your body, for example, what's the highest place on your body is this. We warring against those spiritual wickedness in our minds, brothers and sisters. And so if we think on these things and I'll read it again, whatsoever things that are honest, whatsoever things that are just, whatsoever things that are pure, whatsoever things that are lovely, whatsoever things that are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. But we're too busy focusing on the negative things, brothers and sisters, and we can't see those things. Let's close out in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. Sometimes the first things that we have to do is forgive ourselves. Have you actually forgiven yourself? Now, when you were a little baby and you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say, I want to be this and I want to be that. And life hits you and you ain't nothing that you thought that you would be. Sometimes we think that we are a lesser person than what we actually are. Sometimes we got to forgive ourselves. But after we forgive ourselves, then we got to go and forgive everybody else that have done us wrong. You got to be able to let that go. It's doing more damage to you 
being bitter and holding a grudge than it is to the people who have done you wrong. Then what you do is you take that experience that God allowed you to have, the things that you've been through, the things that you've gone through, the suffering that you have been, that you have endured. And then you turn your test into a testimony. You turn your mess into a message. And you allow God to weaponize you. Who better to go to? You know what? I am going to do a poem tonight. I just wrote a new poem, uh, Sister Key, called Addiction. I wrote it Saturday. That You know what? I, I'm going to do that poem tonight. And maybe next week I'll do the elevator. So, brothers and sisters, again, we all suffer. It's part of the human experience. But God gives us the tool that we need in order to get beyond the suffering, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for your time. Those who are on YouTube, we thank you for tuning in. Please tune in next week. If you want to hear the poem that I'm about to recite, then go to the Truth Hour TV or Truth Hour Bible Class Facebook group page, and it will be on the live video there. All right. But before you go, let's close out in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, let's close out. Numbers, the sixth chapter. This is our closeout scripture that we go to at the end of our broadcast. And it says 24 through 27. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them, saith the Lord. Thank you so much, you two, for tuning in. Brothers and sisters, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Let me go ahead and do this poem for you. It's called sin addiction let me start off by saying we all suffer from addiction of some sort that means that we all suffer from something in which we all need support who are your cohorts watch those who surround you your support system could either help free you or help bound you loose some satan and let him go addiction usually begins with socializing hanging out with so-called friends but the worst addiction is not substance abuse. The worst addiction is addiction to sin. At some point, we all must detox. Asking for help doesn't make you a punk. Get rid of that old leavening because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Sin makes you no bigger than your trauma or your triggers. I'm going to say that again. I said sin makes you no bigger than your trauma or your triggers. It literally ties your hands behind your back. How you figure you can recover from dis-ease without getting rid of the other? Brother, you are deceiving yourself. Along with physical recovery, you need spiritual help. Aren't you tired? See, I come in the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. The truth is, the devil can't win when he's playing God's game. Isn't it something that on your way to addiction, you had to go through throwing up headaches, diarrhea, dehydration and fatigue. And when you detox, you literally have to go through the same exact thing. Voices in your head telling you to end it all, making you think that is over. It's like that old Tom and Jerry cartoon with the devil and the angel whispering in your ear, standing on your shoulder. The devil knows that you're getting closer and closer, so he knows how to play on your conscience. But it's nothing but fear. False evidence appearing real, so don't give in to the nonsense. The healing process and recovery includes changing your thinking and your attitude. Like that phoenix who rose from the ashes, you can change your altitude. 
Let this mind be in you, the same that was in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we have to be broken into pieces before we can have a breakthrough. And last but not least, what does this mean for you? Don't you understand that God allows you to go through what you go through so he can weaponize you? Who's better to reach for the drug addict than one who was once addicted? The alcoholic more than one? who overcame it. You just might be the best candidate, brothers and sisters, and to be candid, as long as you are breathing, there's hope. Never give up. You still have work to do. Because if God could use a man like Paul who killed Christians, a man like David who slept with another man's wife and had her husband killed, and if he could use a prostitute like Rahab to save his people, God could use anybody. And that includes you. That's that piece. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Continue to share this lesson, brothers and sisters. Next week, I will be traveling back from Jamaica because I'm touring in Jamaica this weekend. I'm still celebrating my birthday, y'all. I am the big 51 now, last Tuesday. The 18th was my birthday. And so I'm still in celebration mode. So I am going on tour to Jamaica, performing at a poetry festival out there called um, This Poem. I believe it's, that's the name of the festival. And so Tuesday, I will, May 2nd, I would be traveling back. So we're still going to air, but we're going to air on YouTube only next week. We're going to air, but we're going to air on YouTube only next week. So Hopefully you get that text message, but if I'm in the air and you can't get the text message from me, 7 o'clock p.m., tune in to the Truth Hour on Truth Hour TV on YouTube next Tuesday, and you'll get the lesson there. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Good night.